Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. It is Monday. Yes, you know what that means. We talk to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. Good to see you. Nice to see you as well. So thank you so much for that education on what's going on in the crypto space. It was very, very helpful in episode number one, folks. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. I asked about this ETF and what's happening and futures and spot and, and Greg just enlightened me. So go check that out. But what I want to talk about here, Greg, is actually consumer psychology, consumer confidence, because what I see going on in China specifically uh, is something that I think is almost predictable at this point. So uh, I've been tracking the consumer for 30 years. They are a fickle bunch, but they usually move in a pack. They're either greedy or conservative or afraid altogether. And if you can see where the pack is moving, uh, you can see what happens next. What do you think? Yeah, we we all think we're so unique and individual, but it's just, <laughs> yeah, same token, we kind of have the same patterns, right? And the same thought processes. But yeah, I mean, consumer sentiment is a big thing. And, you know, obviously the majority of the people generally feel one way or the other about mm -hmm. the economy, about their spending, about their habits. So that's an extremely important thing to track. And it can give you, that's one of the leading indicators on economic activity and where we're headed. Yeah. I mean, if you, if I had one metric, if you could, I mean, if you could tell me about the future, like what the consumer was thinking in 2023, I could make investments today, right? That's, that's how important it is to me. So what I want well, to like do the is markets, right? So, and especially the bond market, you know, mm -hmm. the bond market is probably the closest thing you have to the retail consumer sentiment yeah. in the financial markets. You're right. Yeah, I, I you're totally agree. I watched the the tenure just this morning pop over 1.61 again. So that, that you're so dead on. That's kind of Wall Street's thermometer, if you will, right? Um, but I want to talk about what's going on in China because I don't think a lot of people really understand what's happening at the grassroots, right? A billion, I don't even, I'm not even sure how big their population is, a billion two, a billion three. Um, so if we go back to kind of pre, let's talk about you know July of this year and before. In China, if you were kind of middle class and above, uh, you believe that property values, much like we did in 06, so let's not pretend like this is unique to China. We did it in 06. Property values never fall, right? There was that saying, uh, the, the average middle class Chinese citizen owned one and a half homes. That is an amazing stat. Uh, they used it as a form of wealth, a form of status. And a lot of these homes were frankly not lived in, right? They were owned, they were not rental income like we do here. It was just a store of wealth. Uh, that is the, that is the, the, the timber that has now been sparked and is, is going to become a problem. So that's kind of the setup, I think. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, it's it's really interesting because you know China, you know, limited their population for so long. They wouldn't let you have you know one kid or two kids or whatever it was, mm -hmm. and you know, but at the same time they were building, 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 and it didn't somehow occur to them. That, you know, <laughs> if you don't have more kids, we're not going to be able to fill these buildings. But you know, it's funny. Um, you know, they just did an episode on 60 Minutes recently that now, you know, China understands that their economy is struggling. They don't have enough people. Uh, they have all this excess, you know, property and everything. So now they're trying to encourage uh, families in China to have more kids, yeah. but they don't want it now. You know, yeah. they're, you know they, they don't want to have more kids. They don't want to have three and four, you know, because of a lot of different reasons. But number one, inflation, it's expensive. Number two, competition for you know, uh, schools and activities and resources for the kids and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. But the biggest thing is their economy is bad. And, you know, the people there, you talk about consumer sentiment, 
you know, they don't want to bring children into the population and, you know, yeah. from an, ex, you know, an, it's expensive you know, financial standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really so, hampers. Um, it's fascinating. And I still don't understand, you know, why the leaders of China, why the, why the CCP is doing what they're doing, like getting rid of the crypto industry in that market. I mean, I can sort of understand they don't want any competition uh, for, you know, the currency in their country for, you know, uh, income in their country. They want to control all that. And they ultimately want to eliminate poverty by distributing wealth. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's ultimately the plan, Mm -hmm. but that was a huge industry that they got rid of that they could have easily reined in that it's going to create a lot of value down the road. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of these companies that they're shutting down and getting out of there, you know, LinkedIn, I think turned off or Microsoft. The last, the last uh, social media, uh, public social media, LinkedIn or Microsoft turned off LinkedIn China. Yeah. This weekend. Yeah. And, you know, and again, China, you know, the CCP has had, you know, a history of controlling the narrative there and, you know, limiting outside influences. And, mm-hmm. you know, to me, it just, you think that they would see at some point, you know, wait a minute, this isn't working, you know, but I don't think they realize that because they've grown so fast, you know, so quickly yeah. um, from an economic standpoint. Yeah. There's, they, they have created the problem. And there's another expert I speak with on Thursdays who has a lot of experience in Japan. And his opinion is China is set up at this. Their best case scenario is a lost decade, a la Japan leaving the 80s into the 90s. And I think he's right. And again, what happened, the setup for this is it's, it is going to be bad. It, it actually could make our great recession look tame. I think property values in China are going to fall like never before. And they're going to try to rein it in. And oh, by the way, oh my God, I can't believe I saw this over the weekend. Not only are they um, making owning property you know, a problem, right? Because you can't sell it. It's, it's, it's property prices are already falling. Now, Greg, they're going to institute property taxes into a falling real estate market. You're going to add property taxes. This is, this is just going to break consumers. They're, they're, they're going to unload. They're going to, they're going to see huge pricing. And again, like our market where housing construction became a large part of our, a larger than normal part of the economy. Housing and construction in China is like 30% of their GDP. So if you turn yeah, that yeah, off. The, it's yeah, it's huge. I mean, their GDP, well, the total value, uh, you know, is around 50 trillion plus or minus, wow. uh, which is, you know, twice the housing market in the United States. Yeah. Um, you know, their population, just to answer that question, you know, is somewhere around, um, where was that at? Like 1.5 billion or something? Oh my like gosh. One, yeah. Even bigger than I thought. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. But, um, you know, their GDP is 14.7 trillion. Uh, they have, yeah, they have 1.4 billion people. So, I mean, it's huge, huge country. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they were just on this building tear. And, you know, I remember years ago where they're, you know, where they were showing entire cities as large as, you know, almost as large as Manhattan, just vacant, just yeah. huge cities. Vacant. Yeah. We, we were you in know? Shanghai. I think it was four years ago. And one of the things we wanted to see, because I'm a real estate guy, right? So we pay, because my wife speaks the language. So uh, we spoke to a cabbie and uh, we asked to go see one of those. And he, he tried to pretend like they don't exist. And, you know, Olivia speaking in Mandarin and, you know, doing, doing what she does. And he finally took us. It was, it was like a movie. It was like one of those uh, apocalyptic movies where you see these huge, like, I didn't count them, but they had to be 50 stories high. And there wasn't oh, yeah. one of them. There was like 12 of them empty. 
It was crazy. Yeah, maybe not as big as Manhattan, but if you take downtown San Francisco, you know, oh, that big. Easy. He's that big. Oh, easy. Yeah, you easy. Know, just vacant. And, uh, you know, we saw the same thing, not like that, but we saw subdivisions back in 2008-9. We had subdivisions oh, with yeah. thousands of homes in this country. Vacant. Banks went in and just tore them down and turned mm -hmm. them into, uh, you know, dirt again. So, you know, they're doing that right now over there. They're tearing down cities that they built because there's no population for them. Yeah. So, yeah, they got a real problem. The other thing that's happening, too, is that their attitude towards, you know, outside, um, you know, companies, entities, uh, you know, that's causing an exodus where, you know, manufacturers are looking to other countries to, to produce their goods, mm -hmm. um, you know, outside of China because they're not sure if China's just going to come in and take them over and kick them out. Yeah, uh, so look at other countries. So I think this is a domino effect that they somehow they don't see coming or they don't think it's a problem that, you know, they're just going to rein everything in and control it, you know, the CCP. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're just slowly pushing, you know, everybody else and everything else away that can potentially, you know, keep them going. So their goal to become the number one economy in the world and all that, I mean, they're just shooting themselves in the foot. Left oh, right. yeah, no chance. The other thing that they're doing, uh, is they're they're treating foreign not only foreign companies. What is even more apparent is they're treating foreign capital bad, right? They're paying back the uh, the bonds that are owned in China, but they're not paying back U.S. dollar denominated bonds. And now that's not only one company; it's up to seven or eight companies. Uh, and those bonds now they're trading at twenty percent interest. They are now junk junk status, twenty percent interest. Uh, and again, yeah. what I think happens very quickly is not only are foreign companies likely leaving, but foreign investment in China done, right? So uh, they're, uh, they're yeah, I, don't, or, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, it'll be there, but it'll be super, super expensive, you know? Oh, yeah. um, so it's going to cost them a lot of money. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, Japan was on a tear, you know, for a long time there. They were buying everything everywhere and then they just imploded. Yeah, they bought Pebble Beach, I remember. Yeah, they bought Pebble Beach uh, for a no, record they were buying price. all kinds of stuff, you know, in the United States. And they wanted to buy all of our, you know, trophy assets here. Mm -hmm. and, you know, so their real estate is what tanked them. Real estate is what tanked the United States at one point. And China has a problem with it now, but we don't know how big and how deep it goes. And when you think of like, like I just said, the value of their market's about 52 trillion, you know, what is that? 5,000 billion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, so you think about Evergrande, 300 billion. I mean, it's not really, you know, big enough to make a dent, but now we're seeing more and more reports come out of other companies, a couple hundred million here, a billion there. You know, we don't know how deep or how systemic it is and what their ability to contain that looks yeah, like. Yeah. For so, me, it's um, not even about Evergrande anymore. Evergrande is, is a nothing, right? It'll be sold for parts. They own real stuff. Real stuff has value. It just won't, it'll be wiped off the map in three to six months. No one will care. But what they did is they damaged the psychology of 1.4 billion people. 1.4 billion people uh, are already voting with their wallet. Alibaba, their Amazon, lowered Q4 earnings substantially because people have stopped shopping. I have the numbers from this morning. New home sales, and you gotta remember, housing was 30% of their economy, down 19.7% in August, down 16.9% in September. And October is going to be ugly because a lot of the deals in August and September were signed earlier. October could be down 40%. Folks, it is going to be ugly in China. Yeah, interesting times, you know, and we'll see what the contagion is around the world with that. But I think 
countries are already starting to pull out, isolate themselves and prepare mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, for what's coming. Uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting. A lot of people speculate that's our black swan mm -hmm. that's coming this time yep. uh, that, that, you know, could affect the world. Whereas last time it was the United States real estate market. Uh, you know, I just don't know how exposed the rest of the world is with China. I don't think the U.S. is as much as some other countries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Australia's got a really good because, again, Australia has the commodities that China was buying. If China starts buying right there, there will be some there will be some contagion uh, without question. And I'll tell you some China experts, you know, is, um, you know, obviously Ray Dalio. You know, he's yep. studied China and, and oh, yeah. for years and years and years. And you know, he's, he's written a book on it. it, you know, the new world order, he thinks China is going to take over, but yeah. I don't know what his opinion is here lately. It'd be interesting yeah. to Not see. Now. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then who is it? Jim Rogers. Uh, Jim Rogers. That's the one. Yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. He lives in Singapore, but you know, he's, he's an expert on China. Yeah. I think and, he left the U S like 15 years ago because, and he's teaching his kids Mandarin and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's a good one. He can, you know, Jim he's Rogers, a realist yeah. on, I'm going to go find yeah, him, what China yeah. is doing. He's been, he's been, you know, out, spoken lately about China and the moves they're making and, you know, how they're kind of isolating themselves and, and cutting yeah. themselves off economically Correct. You know, from the rest of the world. And, uh, you know, really interesting. Yeah. And they, they seem to be gearing up for war, you know, firing missiles and yeah. you know, testing missiles and just doing all these different things uh, that they're doing. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. So Greg, do me a favor. What is your channel? How can people find you? Cause you put out amazing stuff every day. Yeah, gregdickerson.com. Everything's there. YouTube channel, podcast, all my social media. Go check it out. Yep. Do yourself a favor, folks. Watch his YouTube channel. Uh, he puts out amazing stuff, has experiences that I don't have. So that's why I follow and listen to his stuff while I'm working out usually. So thanks, Greg. <laughs> working out. There you go. There you go.